0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of Under Further Review with Burke and Jen. I'm Burke. I'm Jen. Um, and just to some of you may be listening in and thinking, oh, I thought we were supposed to get theme music this week. <laughs> um, we're trying, guys. If anybody knows uh, folks at involved with the band Lore Huron, who um, we have reached out to to try and get samples of their music to use as our theme song. Uh, let us know, because they're being, like, real unresponsive. So, <laughs> Lord Huron, if you're hearing this, please call us. Um, so, with with that out of the way, uh, we wanted to start off this week's show with a little bit of an update on a couple of stories that we've talked about over the fa- past few weeks. Um, the first one, it's not much of an update, but uh, Bill Cosby is going to be retried for the alleged sexual sh- sexual assault of Andrea Constand. Um, right now, that trial is set to take place in November um, which is a little weird because with the holidays, I feel like nothing ever gets done in court Like at the end of the year. but Yeah,
1: that's true. In any event,
0: um, that's happening.
1: How long was the first trial? A few weeks, I think. Maybe if they get it in before Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. they might be able to knock that right.
0: out. Um, so that is that case. Um, nothing more on that except they've set the trial dates. With a more detailed update, um, we have some news on the Venus Williams um, Barson family car accident. Uh, I believe it was just yesterday, the police um, in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, have uh, commented that they are kind of new evidence has come to light that's causing them to review. Their initial judgment that um, Venus Williams was at fault or in the wrong for being in the intersection at the time the Barsons drove through. So they are reevaluating. Um, I guess, the their, their finding on that piece mm-hmm. of the case. Um, and it's uh, that new evidence appears to be surveillance video Yeah, that's really hard to um, figure out what the hell's going on, I guess, if you're not a uh, trained police Traffic investigator?
1: I guess so, because the surveillance video is from a guard shack at some property, and a woman—or I'm sorry—and a car is there, and the—and you're basically the—the the picture is of the guard shack and the car, and way off in the distance, the literally microscopic, and you see cars driving along this road, and apparently that's what they were using as that's their the video evidence. So. Based on this video
0: evidence that um, I don't think Jen or I could figure out what the hell was going on in, but other people have been able to um, determine what happened or what it appears happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do have a really wonderful diagram that we'll be posting on our Instagram account to to show all of you to get a visual. Um, It looks like what happened was Venus was at a red light. Her light turns green. There's a car in front of her that makes a left turn. Venus goes to go straight through the intersection, at which point she is cut off by a Nissan Altima that abruptly turns left in front of her, so she stops so as not to hit that person. Mm -hmm. She then goes to get out of the intersection, but in the meantime, the light had changed, and so the Barsons did have a green light and crashed into her um, while she was trying to get out of the intersection. So it seems sort of like everyone was a little bit right. Like Venus went into the intersection when the light was green. Mm -hmm. Through no fault of her own, she got stuck in the intersection when this person cut her off. But by the time she was driving out of the intersection, her light would have been red. The Barsons did have a green light. correct? Um, So it's really the fault of the Nissan Altima (laughs) owner, who um, is being searched for as we speak.
1: Yes. Um, And I just, one, the lights in that intersection must go by really fast. Yes. Because there was literally only one car in front of Venus Williams when the light turned green. So it wasn't like there were, you know, she was really far back in a line, right. and it was yellow or anything like that. And then for it to go, um, to for it to go red so quickly, and then the barsons and the westbound traffic to come through mm. is is quite, um, it just seems really abrupt to me. And again, we don't know how what rate of speed the barsons were traveling. Right. Um, the police did say that Venus was probably going at about five miles per hour through the intersection, which makes sense because she was at a stop when she had to yield um, to the car making a left in front of her, even though she isn't supposed to have to do that. The car turning left in front of her was supposed to yield. Um, And this is, I think, a multi-lane street in each direction. So there's maybe some speculation on our end that the Barsons were at the curbside lane um, and there might be car. There might have been cars next to them, so they might not have been able to see the intersection or see the fact that there was a car in the intersection yeah. before going through it. But again, um, that's that's speculation on our end. Right. And so,
0: um, to a point that Jen made, we don't know how fast the Barsons were driving when they went into the intersection, and we think this is also sort of rank speculation, <laughs> but. Um, this week, Venus Williams' attorneys sought an emergency protective order in Florida court to stop the Barsons' attorneys, um, or I guess uh, consultants, from um, collecting data from the Barsons' car uh, that can be used to determine, um, you know, what's sp- among other things, what speed they were going at at the time of the accident. Uh, the Venus's attorneys basically want to work out some kind of agreed upon process for collecting and sharing mm-hmm. that data um the concern of course being that the Barsons will collect the data do something wrong with it screwed it up and Venus Williams will have no opportunity to then go back and review that data but maybe now they'll all just start focusing on the driver of the Nissan Altima who seems to be the, the cause of the, the real cause of this problem, although Venus is the deep pocket, I would guess, so...
1: Yeah, and, um, I mean, but, but the whole thing is, like, even if the Nissan Altima shouldn't have turned left in front of Venus, like, Venus did not strike the Nissan Altima, nor did the Nissan Altima strike Venus, so... Right. I mean, it was a delay in the travel through the intersection, but, like, yes, that's the, that's the moment that triggers it all, but it's, I don't know that you would necessarily find that the Nissan Altima is at fault.
0: Yeah, I guess because they didn't hit anyone. Yeah.
1: Um, So my brother made a really tasteless joke this morning that I thought I'd share with all of you because Florida is a stand your ground state. He's like, Venus probably would be in less trouble if she just got out of her car and like shot the Barsons because, you know, they were coming at her with their car and she felt threatened. So she could have just stood her ground and defended herself instead of, you know, proceeding through the intersection and causing car accidents. Yeah
0: except I don't think stage ground laws work that way unless you're an old white man, so that's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's that part of it. But um, I didn't say it was a good joke. I no. just said it was a tasteless joke. And, but, I, but he may not be wrong, so... <laughs> yeah, that's the sad part. I'm like, oh, they might actually think about it that way in Florida, uh, unfortunately. So, yes, she is still... Um, Venus Williams is still at Wimbledon, um, continuing on her path towards maybe trying to win a championship. Since her sister's not playing and can't beat her there. <laughs> yep. So... Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's ongoing. I, I, I when I was thinking about this case and how the police really hadn't been releasing a lot of information, and you know it's quite clear that the Barsons have already filed their civil suit. Like, right. would you have you have some time before you need to file your civil suit? You know, there's statute mm-hmm. of limitations that you know help guide you and how much time you can take. But I sort of feel like. I would want to wait until the police report is out or any other sort of evidence has come in or maybe the Florida Highway Patrol does a reconstruction of the crime scene. I mean, I understand the Barsons feel like, yes, I had the green light, but what if it was found that like they were driving down the, the street and the light turned green, so they didn't slow down at all and they were traveling at a high rate of speed? I mean, we don't know any of this, of course, but like, I just feel like it makes the Barsons look bad for coming out and saying that Venus was entirely at fault for this accident when, you know, the truth is probably pretty much in the middle. Right. And part of me wonders, maybe, you know, if this
0: is a situation where, like, they've got big medical bills, are they trying to get a settlement, like, did they jump the gun to try and get a settlement out of her so they could get some money to pay you know whatever medical expenses i mean mr barson of course has passed away but mrs barson i think was injured in the yeah. car accident mm-hmm. you know she not as severely but um that could be what they're what they're thinking or um maybe they're not thinking about it that way and they just got some advice from a ambulance chasing attorney down in florida who told them they should jump yeah. on this quickly because
1: it's because it's a, a famous person in a yeah. deep pocket yeah that's unfortunate but um It just, it seems like there's, you know, obviously a lot more to the story than at first blush. Uh... (laughs) So we went and we um, diagrammed this all out, and then I found the New York Times article with the picture, and I was like, "Oh, we didn't have to do this." But
0: was the diagram that you guys developed pretty close? Oh yeah, to... it was exactly
1: the same. Nice.
0: So we'll post a photo of our of our diagram, um, since I don't want to get Jenny. I don't think we want to get Jenny copyright trouble with the uh, New York Times, <laughs> the failing New York Times. Sorry, I couldn't resist.
1: <laughs> um, so that's where we are with Venus Williams. Um, and hopefully there will be some sort of resolution. maybe there will be an out of court settlement just to um you know make things go away or pay for some of the medical or funeral costs that um, are sought in in the civil suit. um Our next story this is an expanded version of our reality t v stoop. yeah, it's pretty awful um so for anyone who follows pop culture at all,
0: um this week's big story was the uh, online fighting between Rob Kardashian, um, brother of Kim Chloe and Courtney Kardashian and the Jenner sisters, um, trashing the uh, mother of his child, um, Black China, who is the mother of his child, not his child. Her name is Dream. Um, online, um, he posted a number of nude photos of Black China on Instagram. Um, complaining about how he spent all this money on her, he you know spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars buying her jewelry, and she cheated on him, and basically that she's a she's a whore and is a monster, and he was going to publicly shame her for all of this. Um,
1: she has uh, retained Lisa Bloom, who is who was ooh. the attorney for uh, three of the accusers. Um, in Bill O'Reilly's sexual harassment lawsuits, she has also filed for a temporary restraining order. and... She's accused him of domestic, domestic. abuse. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, needless to say, Black China did not um, uh, authorize or approve the posting of these photos on Instagram. Um, Instagram, I believe, shut down Rob Kardashian's account um, shortly after they were posted. Um, he then Turned to Twitter because Twitter is a goddamn cesspool of <laughs> garbage people. Um, I think
1: Twitter and Twitter also did Twitter, he didn't post the
0: photos on Twitter, I don't think. No,
1: I think he just told people to go and try to look for the photos. Yeah,
0: yeah. um, but it was on Twitter where he was going on and on again about how he'd spent all of this money on um, black china and she cheated on him. Um, and That was very upsetting to him.
1: Uh, The tweets have also been deleted as well.
0: I was just about to go look for them so I could (laughs) quote them, but um, they're gone now. Um, So I mean, not it's not really a legal issue, but like Mm -hmm. human beings are not property. So if your whole basis for like why somebody shouldn't Treat you badly is I spent a lot of money on them. Like you're uh, fuck you. Like I, if you're dumb enough to spend a quarter of a million dollars in jewelry on somebody, like you kind of deserve whatever bad shit they do to you because they owe you nothing. Awful, yeah, yeah. I mean, she literally, quite literally, owes him nothing. Like it's yeah, Um, but there is a legal issue. I
1: was going to say, like, where were you going with that? I was just
0: commenting on Uh Rob Kardashian being a shithead, but that's
1: okay.
0: Which is neither here nor there. (laughs) But anyway.
1: Um, yeah, so there is a legal issue involved because essentially um, what he is doing is engaging in revenge porn and California is one of 38 states who has a, um, a law that basically bans revenge porn. And revenge porn, for those of you who don't know, um, according to the penal code, it is the intentional distribution of any image of the body, intimate body part of another identifiable person, knowing that said distribution would cause the person serious emotional distress. Um, and someone
0: asked, so apparently, Black China liked one of the photos that he posted, which seems weird, but you know, whatever. Um, that does not constitute consent to having them posted, though, under the law, just because she liked it doesn't yeah, she clicked she the was... like button yeah okay and for anyone who's accidentally liked something on instagram that should be a big relief to you <laughs> uh.
1: um so he could face up to six months in jail if she were to be able to successfully bring a case against him which on the one hand it seems like
0: it's a pretty clear-cut case. Like, she didn't okay him posting this picture. It was out there for his 7 million, I think, followers to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it sounds like, particularly when you've got a first-time offender, usually, I mean, California prisons are so overpopulated anyway, mm-hmm. um, he probably will not serve any jail time, even if he they do ultimately yes. prosecute and, a successful charge against him.
1: And not to say that this is right, but I have but there have been articles that basically talk about um, this case in particular and sort of the very complex uh, social mores that are tied to uh, not only who like the, the Kardashians are as quote unquote influencers in the realm of social media, but you know indicating that because Black China came to preeminence um, in the words of a Wired magazine article, um, as a stripper, And, you know, it's attitudes of, well, you know, like, she might have deserved this because she's a former sex worker and things like that. So it, I think it, it makes, at least in terms of what some of the scholars are debating, um, you know, bringing a case successfully might be difficult, but it's very clear that the whole point of him putting these pictures up on Instagram was to call her out for whatever behavior he was not finding appropriate or whatever.
0: Yeah. He is an embarrassing person who should get help for himself because he seems to be deeply troubled, but keep selling them socks, Rob. <laughs>
1: um, so there is a sort of complicated backstory with the two of them.
0: Yes, that I I can fill in for you. Yes. <laughs> that
1: was my cue to you to fill in.
0: So, Black China um, did come. She was friends with the Kardashian sisters. Um, I think she was pretty close with Kim and Courtney and Chloe. Uh, at that time, she was dating a rapper named Tyga um, and had a son with him, King Cairo. Uh, at some point. During their relationship, Tyga seems to have dumped Blac Chyna in order to date Kylie Jenner, who we talked about last week with her sister, Kendall, and the terrible, terrible t-shirts that they're selling. Um, At the time Tyga allegedly kind of took up with Kylie, Kylie was 14 years old. There are reports that they were engaged in some kind of relationship while she was still quite young. Um, How
1: old is he? uh...
0: He's in his late 20s, early 30s now. Ugh. He's...
1: Yeah, this was not
0: like a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old dating. <laughs> like, this is super inappropriate. Um, they continued... I, was, I think they just broke up probably within the last six months to oh. a year. So they were dating for quite some time. He bought her a Ferrari for her high school graduation. <laughs> um, but anyway, after Tyga had left his you know, partner and child to go date a teenager on um, Black China, unsurprisingly, did not react very well to this. So she and the Kardashians stopped speaking. They were all kinds of, like, very public fighting amongst them. Um, and then Rob had kind of a break from the family. Um, I can't really remember. The, I, I just, I've never liked Rob Kardashian, so I don't really remember the details of why they, he stopped talking to his sisters. But he, um, while Kylie and Tyga were still dating, Rob started to date Black China and it was seen as basically like, like a middle finger to the family. Exactly.
1: I mean the whole this whole thing is distorted from beginning to end. It's...
0: And then he got then Black China got pregnant and the family I guess decided to get on board for the sake of little Dream Kardashian who is a stupid cute baby. She's adorable <laughs> um but that's that's where we're at now. So Kylie had Kylie Jenner stayed with Tyga. She would have been both her, both Dream Kardashian's aunt and like stepmom to Dream's brother. It's really complicated, but that's that's the tangled web that the Kardashians
1: and Black China have woven together. So uh, we will undoubtedly have updates. Um based on, you know, not only the TRO and perhaps the revenge porn case, whether or not we'll spend a lot of time talking about it. (laughs) That'll probably be debated, but at least there will be, um, I know there will be news stemming from this because it's impossible to keep Kardashians and Jenners' out of the news.
0: Yeah, and I think this is not the first time that Rob's had an outburst on social media Involving black china, so I would frankly be shocked if he was able to like stop himself from saying more awful things about her publicly. So, um, we'll see what happens. But I feel like this can't be good for that poor kid, so no, um,
1: or any of us really.
0: Well, that's true, and I think there's been some talk that uh, they're trying to by they, I mean the Kardashians, specifically Chris, um, they're trying to get Dream Kardashian out of the house. Because Black China and Rob are so volatile.
1: Oh, that makes sense. If yeah. I
0: were Black China, I don't think I would appreciate Chris Jenner, who had trashed me publicly trying to take my kid away. So we'll see where that goes. I suspect that would be another ugly fight, but um, yeah, more legal issues for us to talk about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, our, th- our third story, and it's not really a, a breaking legal story or anything like that, but we had mentioned last week that we we'd probably touch on this really excellent uh, piece in Sports Illustrated that talked about Clinton Portis and basically the level of desperation and anger that he was driven to as a result of his money being mishandled by investors when he was at the height of his um, power, fame, and money as a running back for the Washington professional football team. Yes,
0: (laughs) also known as the um, Washington Redskins Potatoes. (laughs) So... Because that's what we're calling them now, (laughs) since it's somewhat less offensive.
1: Um, So so Clinton Portis was a running back for the Washington Redskins Potatoes for a number of years. He retired at 30, right? Yes. Yeah, which... In 2012. In 2012. And, you know, he had signed for a significant amount of money when he was signed by the football team. He... Um, You know, I'm sure with, with many young people who come into money at an early age, maybe probably profligate with his spending. He owned a number of homes. He bought his mother a very large home and had it painted purple because purple was the color of royalty, according to his mom, you know. Tried to set well, I to and according to royal people and according to royal people, well, but she, the reason why she <laughs> oh, wanted it got to it. be purple was because she wanted because it was the. Color I missed bells. that detail in the yeah. story. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, he, you know, had a number of cars and uh, properties and and all of the stuff, but he um, also invested his money with people who were pretty shady. I forgot it was. Um, I think the individuals that he invested his money with might have been. Um, one of them, Janesh Brahm- Brahmabat, was a financial advisor whose past included a stint at Stratton Oakmont, the firm that inspired the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, God. So at home, <laughs> he invested his money with Brahmabat and um, some other person, uh, yeah. Jeff Rubin, sorry, um, and they basically lost all of his money. They had invested in a casino in Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma? Alabama. Oh, Alabama. Um, And the casino was shut down after a year because they failed to comply with online bingo laws. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they basically lost his fortune and... um, and they were not very severely punished. I think they were probably... Their license to do financial advising was taken away, but they didn't see any jail time or anything like that. And right. F- uh, they did lose
0: their ability to trade, the, to trade securities, I think, forever by FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. Um, and uh, there was another guy who was involved in this, Fuad Ahmed, who... Um, ran a Ponzi scheme um, that collapsed in 2013. Uh, $14 million of um, NFL players' uh, money was invested in that Ponzi scheme and was lost. Um, according to uh, this story, Ahmed's um, spokespeople would not speak to the reporter, and Brambot's, uh rep said that he was deceived by Ahmed and that he actually never had a formal advisory um, Relationship with Clinton Portis, even though they did talk from time Mm -hmm. to time, and that's um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but that's something that's been um, a piece of legislation that has uh, been looked at in the U.S. Senate is this idea of whether uh, financial advisors should have a fiduciary duty to their clients. Now, I would have thought that that seems pretty freaking obvious yes. that like <laughs> if i'm giving you my money and you're giving me advice about it like there's some kind of fiduciary duty mm-hmm. that you um aren't lying to me or trying to steal my money but um that's apparently uh law being contemplated that there would affirmatively be no fiduciary duty mm-hmm. between financial advisors and the people that they're advising which is a little scary um not meant as a political comment just no, generally just in general. <laughs> speaking. everybody should be aware that that's something that's out there um so in any event, um, all of this led to Clinton Portis, uh, going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, he filed for bankruptcy in 2015. Um, it seems like he's lost, I mean, he's lost all of his cash. He's had to sell, um, his homes at a loss. Um, the details from his bankruptcy filing show, uh, you know, in excess of a million dollars in debts to the IRS, to the mothers of his children, um, Back child support, um, and to a couple of casinos. Mm -hmm. In um, I know the Borgata in Atlantic City was one of them, and I it was the
1: MGM, but I don't know where or which MGM, so
0: could have, I think they've gotten more than just in Vegas and AC Mm -hmm. now. Um, and what I thought was kind of the saddest thing is that he, his mom, is his biggest creditor. Um, because one of his advisors, which I'm using air quotes since they apparently don't believe they were advisors of his. Uh, base took out a loan secured by his mother's house,
1: the purple one,
0: the purple house. Um, so this story doesn't detail how his mom ended up being a creditor of his, as opposed to the bank or whoever the 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 loan the lender was. Um, what I would guess happened is that so in. Um, in bankruptcy law, you have a scheme of people who uh, get paid and the order in which they get repaid from the funds in the bankruptcy estate secured creditors at the top of that hierarchy. So presu- what I would guess is that the, whoever the lender was, since they had a security interest um, in the house, they got paid off first leaving Clinton Portis's mother with the outstanding unsecured claim, which means that she's stuck in a bucket with all of the other people who didn't have any property securing the um, claims they had against Clinton Portis. So usually, just a this is a little bit of a I'm nerding out in bankruptcy law a little bit, so bear <laughs> with me, folks. Um, so secured claims, all that means. Very simply is that not only do you have just like your general claim against the person's assets, but it's actually backed up by a piece of property, um, whether it's real property or, you know, tang- whatever tangible property there is, personal property. I'm missing the word that's not, uh, doesn't mean like land. Anyway, um so you can, the idea being that in bankruptcy, what usually happens is all of the bankrupt person's assets get dumped into what's called the bankruptcy estate, and then it's divided up amongst their creditors. The good thing for secured creditors is that the property that is securing their claim, they get the first bite of the apple at that property. So like if you've got a house that's securing a claim for a secured creditor, they sell that house, that money does not get distributed amongst all the creditors, it all would go to the secured creditor. Um,
1: Does the secured creditor get a dollar-for-dollar on the claim, or is it pennies on the dollar like in other situations that I'm aware of?
0: They would get the full value of whatever the property is sold for, and then if there's a shortfall, that piece of the claim gets tossed in with the rest of the unsecured credit oh, okay. claimants. So uh, the secured portion of their claim is... Um, uh, paid in full Paid in full up to the value of the property okay. And then anything, any difference between the value of that claim And what the property was worth would be treated as an unsecured claim
1: And for unsecured claims, is it generally pennies on the dollar?
0: Typically, yes I have se- I was involved in cases where people got like 30 to 40 cents on the dollar That was considered a pretty mm-hmm. good recovery Yeah, that
1: does sound like a pretty good recovery
0: um, But then there are others that, yeah, it was like uh, literally a penny or two
1: um so his debts were officially discharged in July of 2016. However, the Borgata's parent company has contested their portion, um and a hearing on that is scheduled for this fall.
0: Right, which seems I will say usually the idea of a um discharge it's a, that's a big deal in bankruptcy because it kind of it sig- signifies the end of the, the case. Yeah. Um or the end of kind of the active part of the case and the debtor can kind of start to move on with their life. So to undo a discharge is a big deal. Um, I would be, I haven't looked into it, but I'd be interested to see what the Borgata's theory is on why their claim shouldn't be discharged. They might be trying to argue that they... Um, should have some kind of security interest in some of his assets. I don't know what that would be or that they, sometimes it's enough to say like we didn't get sufficient notice of what was going on, oh. but I would find that kind of hard to believe if mm-hmm. they were one of the biggest creditors. So, um, I did work in a case once where somebody showed up the day of our, um, confirmation hearing. So typically if you've got a bankruptcy, two different kinds of bankruptcies, liquidations and reorganizations, liquidations, the company goes just, away, mm-hmm. a reorgan, and reorganization, um, you have a company at the end. It just out. looks pretty different. Right. And so when you have a reorganization, um, part of the process is to put together a, um, a bankruptcy plan, and that plan has to be confirmed by the bankruptcy court, and that's like your big hearing to kind of wrap the case up. And the first bankruptcy case I ever worked on, we had a creditor show up the morning of the confirmation hearing to try and like blow the whole thing up. He failed. <laughs> Thankfully, but uh, it was very exciting and traumatic.
1: (laughs) That cannot be a good feeling. No, it wasn't. You've worked that hard to get everyone, sort of, all your your ducks are in a row only to be...
0: Yes, because the idea behind the bankruptcy plan is you're trying to get everybody to, like, come together and work out a plan that's shitty because you're getting cents on the dollar, Mm -hmm. but, you know, that everybody feels like they got the best they could and they're not being treated unfairly as compared to other creditors. But anyway, sorry for the deep dive on bankruptcy <laughs> law, but uh, it felt good to talk about it again. <laughs>
1: um, no, it's a it's a big part. I mean, it's a big portion of the Clinton-, Clinton Portis story. I mean, he was driven by his his financial ruin to want to kill these people who were allegedly yeah. his financial advisors. I mean, he sat in a parking lot waiting for them, and he was armed, and he was this, what was the quote? It's not a beat-up situation. It, should, it, it, it was a kill. It was yeah. a kill. Um, and luckily, he was, uh, you know, pulled back from that brink by um, a person who's unnamed in the story, but I think she was a television producer, and, um, you know, he reached out to her, she reached out to him, and they started talking on the phone, and, and ultimately, I think she basically said, you know, if you end up going through with your plan, your kids won't have a father, yeah. um, and that's going to, I mean, that's them basically winning all over again. right.
0: Yeah, so luckily he was um, talked down from his um, wanting to kill these people. What I thought was an interesting sort of wrinkle in the story, although I don't know that it amounts to very much, was that um, Clinton Portis in some ways I think trusted these folks because they were listed as financial advisors by the or certified registered I don't know what the correct term is um I think it's registered with the NFL Mm -hmm. Players Association Mm -hmm. um so it seems that he assumed like a level of legitimacy for these folks that turned out to be um inappropriately placed mm-hmm. um so i part of me wonders if there's any potential claim he could assert against the NFLPA. i want to say this article said he tried that and it went In nowhere, nowhere yeah. um, but it does seem like at some point if you're taking um if you're gonna put your stamp on a person as like Mm -hmm. this is a registered financial advisor there should be some kind of responsibility on the part of the NFLPA to actually vet these people before they um, register them.
1: Yeah and it's a a big deal not only in the NFL but in all of the sports leagues Mm -hmm. because you have very very young people coming into a great deal of money and it's about trying to you know be able to manage their money effectively and smartly and to stave off you know, financial ruin. This is not, Clinton Cordis is not the first person this has happened to, nor will he be the last. And I think no. it's been a very concerted effort on the part of these sports leagues to really try to educate their players and their participants in um, trying to be wise about your money. And, you know, Steph Curry just signed a $200 million contract, uh, you know, over four years, five years, I can't remember. But I mean, that is an insane amount of money and, it, you know, Steph is a little older, and he has a good family structure around yeah. him, but can you imagine if he was like 19 years old, and, yeah. you know, it's it's nuts. But the article in um, SI was written by Brian Burnsed, and it's a really interesting read, even if you don't geek out on the bankruptcy stuff, there isn't really that much of it in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was all Burke. I came up with that on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it is a really interesting portrait. Uh, Clinton Portis sat down, I think, and talked to him, and did two interviews, but then stopped talking with yeah. Brian Burnsed. so... Um, so that's, that was our little bit of a deep dive on on that situation. And um, so we'll move on. Our last two stories are kind of short. Um, it's basically our three-minute warning. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, that's good. All right, right third three-minute warning. Our first story in our three-minute warning is that Shia LaBeouf was arrested again this God. year. He was arrested uh, for public drunkenness, obstruction, and disorderly conduct in Savannah, Georgia. He was... Um, Apparently downtown in the city and when he when people were trying to like I don't know if they were trying to apprehend him but he he was engaged with a police officer and he became disorderly using profanity and vulgar language in front of "Quote unquote, women and children." Ooh, <laughs> he was to, told to go find to, my fainting couch. <laughs> yeah. He was told to leave the area, and he refused. And he became aggressive toward the officer, and then he ran into a nearby hotel where he was apprehended in the lobby. <laughs>
0: I I can't. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I feel like he needs help. He does. It's a takeaway from a lot of the to- uh, the subjects of our stories for today. They just need some like professional assistance because this is bad.
1: So, we talked about him a few weeks ago because he is being sued by a bartender in Los right. Angeles for, um, sort of, again, disorderly conduct, but also for harassment and discrimination? No, just harassment.
0: I think harassment, because he called him a racist in yes. the middle of the
1: bar now. It was very traumatizing to the bartender. Yeah. Um, and he was also arrested earlier this year for his um, anti-Trump art installation, um, where there was a, a physical scuffle that resulted from that, but... Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Get it together, man. I know, he's kind of a mess. He is a mess. Uh, there's really not much we can say. No, but just I mean, the he's... breaking
0: news. He was arrested like three hours ago, yeah. or at least that's when the story broke. So. Yeah,
1: it happened overnight, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, and our final story... This So this story is interesting to me because it happened in 2015, mm-hmm. and I'm not... And I think things... Okay, anyways, I'm going to back up. In 2015... Uh, famous college basketball coach Bob Knight was giving a speech at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, which is a branch of our government, <laughs> at its headquarters in Virginia. Um, I, I believe that uh, Mr. Knight knew the head of the agency. They were might, might have been friendly and he's probably gone there and given these like motivational speeches previously. On the day that he was there in 2015, he groped four women. <laughs> He, um, uh, one of the women, he, uh, b- b- had, had his hand on her shoulder and told her that he, she had nice legs. Another woman, he grabbed her on the side of her breast and, like, picked her up off the ground. Uh, like, one, your boobs are not-, <laughs> not
0: handles, man.
1: Like, what?
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Okay. Carry on. Uh, the third woman, he actually slapped on the ass, like, after the speech. And the fourth woman, I think he groped her ass. Um, <laughs> and... So, I think the woman whose ass was groped made a complaint um, a, f- a formal complaint and it and it sounds like maybe throughout the investigation the other women's names were the other women and what had happened mm. to them had like basically that come to light because the woman who had the hand on the shoulder and were and was told her legs looked really nice, she said that she was uncomfortable but didn't believe that the action to be malicious and the woman who got smacked on the ass did not file a formal complaint. But the interesting part was that first it was um, investigated by the Army because this Mm -hmm. is an intelligence agency and then it was turned over to the FBI because Bob Knight is a civilian. Right. Um, But, so again, happened in 2015, but I think the reason why it's coming to light now is because the woman who was groped on the ass is actually suing him, right? Is that it? I believe so. The um, yes, yeah, the Washington Post
0: broke this. Yeah.
1: So, um, so the so the investigation conducted by the Army and the FBI took about a a while to conclude, um, but no charges were ever filed against Bob Knight. So one of the women. Um, did file a discrimination complaint against the national geospatial intelligence agency and the defense department because she claimed that she was pressured to drop the matter so that's why it's coming to light now so. got it um so as a disclaimer um bob
0: knight is a old friend of my family we have sort of lost touch with him um i don't know if it's because he's gone around the bend, um, or what, but anyway, I did feel like I should note that as a disclaimer for anyone who knows me, um, I used to be a big Indiana basketball fan, that has also gone by the wayside, um, but yeah, this is...
1: But not because of the groping, but just from before that? Well,
0: yeah, they did kind of run him out of town, now, perhaps that was warranted, I don't know, I'm not gonna pass judgment, but, um, anyway, if these stories are true, this is horrifying, I have no reason to believe that they're not true, um, and it's, the whole thing is really disappointing and um, upsetting, but, you know, it seems like it's par for the course for powerful men to get away with shit like this since that's what we've been talking about for basically, at least on some level in every one of our 30 episodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is really sad. Yeah. I just just cannot imagine, like, it is 2017. Even if I were friendly with someone, why I would think slapping them in the ass would be a good idea... At a formal oh. function. Yeah, right. like, this is work, mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, I guess, like, guys on sports teams smack each other on the butt all the time, but that's not the same context. <laughs> no,
1: exactly. He wasn't in a gym. No. He wasn't surrounded by a bunch and of dudes. And you know these people. Exactly. Like, why does anyone think that that's okay? I don't know. And it's not like being PC. It's like, don't touch people yeah, that you don't know. don't <laughs> touch
0: people. That's fucking weird. Yeah. It's just like, <sighs> Anyways, I mean, I don't know, I'm from, being from New England, like we have a lot of personal space <laughs> issues and that we don't like it being invaded, I think is a fair generalization to make about my, my people, um, but yeah, even, this is not acceptable even to folks who don't I think have very yeah. strong feelings about <laughs> personal boundaries. Again,
1: so I'm from California, yeah. and we <laughs> have much more flexible rules <laughs> about personal boundaries, and... And maybe it's a bit of a stereotype, but we probably are a little more touchy-feely out here yeah. on the West Coast, but I still wouldn't go up to someone I don't know and be like, smack, hey, how you doing? Like, it's but... like if someone
0: came in to make a presentation at the office and they picked you up by the boobs, <laughs> exactly. you would not be like,
1: no, oh, this <laughs> is just <laughs> this is totally normal. Like, no, not okay. Oh,
0: so that's the takeaway from, I think, the, this this story is like, don't touch strangers.
1: Don't pick people up by their boobs. No, They're not handles, as Burke said. <laughs>
0: um yeah and work particularly in professional settings like just don't touch strangers Um,
1: yeah it'll uh, we're saving you a lot of grief again that's not legal advice that's just life advice yeah
0: (laughs) pro tip (laughs) you see a lady standing there and you feel compelled to smack her on the ass just turn around and walk away don't do it don't do it
1: um yeah so that's from us this week really we should just end on <laughs> we should just end with that life advice
0: um, so thanks for listening again um, if you want to follow us on social media you can see, find us on Twitter and Instagram at UFR underscore BG and um, as we said we will have uh, a photo of our diagram of the Venus Williams Barson family car accident up there shortly um, you can check out our website under further review dash BG um, and you can always email us at underfurtherreview.bg at gmail.com. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I think this may be uh, my last episode for a couple of weeks because I'm going out of town. But we may have a special guest host filling in while I'm out. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, but in any event, we will be back with you soon.
1: Great. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.